You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to opening up discussions that most men aren't having, but you certainly don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. You can find more information about the Real Men Feel movement at realmenfeel.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. This is a weekly program, and your comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, and welcome to Real Men Feel. It is a pleasure to have you uh, joining in today. Uh, this is episode 65, despite the fact that in the last show, I kept saying it was episode 63, but it was actually 64, so today is 65, and like that freaking matters to anyone, even to me, I don't know why I'm pointing it out, but uh, some bit of logic in my head. Uh, again, like it matters to anyone. Uh, regardless of what show this is, I am your host, Andy Grant. I'm an author, coach, and speaker, and I'm actually recording this. This is another impromptu show. It has uh, been only three days since the last episode where I talked about um, feeling disappointed. Uh, explaining why Real Men Feel had been quiet for nine weeks and sharing my disappointment in you know, myself, uh, my choices, and and, and my life. And uh, so today is Friday, August 18th, 2017, and I'm actually just recently home from visiting my mother for a few days to celebrate her birthday uh, because what mom doesn't want to spend time with their depressed, suicidal child uh, to, <laughs> to celebrate their birthday? And... Um, yeah, you know, it, it, I'm making I'm making light of it and and laughing there because it wasn't really that bad. And even in my worst feeling of times, it isn't 24/7, and it isn't every day. And it you know it's uh, but I've you know I've been struggling for months now on a on a fairly regular basis. And uh, but during that visit, even during these months, there are plenty of laughs. So it was really a good visit. I got to see other friends and family and uh, go out and, and also talk a lot and, and cry a lot. Um, but it was good. You know, um, I felt a great relief and even reassurance, uh, a connection with admitting to my mom, to my mom and to my wife, you know, how bad I'd been feeling and that admitting that I was, I was worried about myself, that I was going to do something, that I was going to harm myself. Um, but again, it brought a great relief, and I even verbalized a fear I'd really been having, you know, in the days leading up to to seeing my mom, um, that I was a I was just a tremendous disappointment to her, because this this shitty thinking returns, um, and it returns, and I judge myself for it. I think I think less of myself because of this this negativity, you know. Um, 
the depression, the suicidal thoughts, the, the wanting to give up, to, to just give in, to just call it quits. It's, it's draining. It feels horrible. It, it takes away my energy and my zest for life and my love of life. Um, and it does all that because it's a lie, right? It, it, it doesn't, if, if it was, if, if dying was my solution, it would bring a sense of, of empowerment. It, it would be some sort of energizing force, but it's the opposite. And that's why that's one of, one of the many ways I, I realize it's not true. Um, but, but anyway, admitting that to my mom and, and again, in sobs, telling my mom who I love and who loves me that I fear being a disappointment to her was really hard to say. And I'm sure it was painful for her to hear it. Um, and, and, you know, she assured me that she's never felt that way um, in me ever, despite my muck. And uh, anyway, we both felt better for the sake of having that, that difficult conversation, for being that open, that authentic, that sharing. It, it you know, I felt much better uh, after those few minutes than I had during it, I felt much better after our visit than I did, you know, we headed down there. I was, I headed, um, down to her house, uh, with my wife, uh, just feeling a lot of dread and just, you know, um, feeling like I'm again, this 13 year old kid after my first, uh, serious suicide attempt and just feeling completely lost and scared and confused and knowing now I didn't want to die, but having no clue you know, what's wrong with me? If is something wrong with me? Uh, just no idea how to deal with it. Um, <sighs> so I had a great response to the last show where I impromptu shared everything. So that's why I'm doing this and realizing that again, I really, I've realized this many times, but I don't always take the action, but the more I authentically openly share, the better I feel. And since that's the case, I, I, I know in my heart and soul that there are others hearing this that need to hear this, that need to know that however horrible they are feeling, however sure they may be that that suicide is their answer, it's, it's not, it's not, just isn't. And if I can be some sort of guidepost, some sort of light that, you know, despite how often that might show up in your life, um, it's not always going to be there. And despite it returning, re recurring, uh, it, it doesn't mean that's, it's the truth, right? It just means that that me and perhaps you need to take a little more effort in living, right? In consciously choosing to stay despite how you might feel. And again, I find that sharing how I feel, even when it's hideous, there's a relief, right? There is a release and there's a bringing together and it, it just helps everybody. So that's why I'm here sharing more of what the hell's going on in me, right? Um, another big thing I've had to come to grips with is a lie of, of rationalization I told myself for, for many, many years. Um, I've often said that suicide is not selfish. I've always seen it as, as more selfless because every time I tried to end my life, I truly believed that my friends and family were going to be better off with me gone. I, I really believe that me being in their lives was more painful than my death would be. I, no, I, I, I certainly understood that, you know, the news of my dying and killing myself would, would hurt people and inflict some pain, but I thought it would be gotten over quicker. 
than than <laughs> than than knowing me than day to day experiences with with me. I uh. Anyway, you know, my wife, my mom, again, sharing this fear, they've just assured me that they don't think that. They've never felt that way. Um, and actually, the first time I heard this from, from anyone was, uh, I think it was December of 2015, uh, just uh, the, the most recent time <laughs> prior to this time of, of feeling really down, of feeling really suicidal. And, you know, it was um, a coworker of mine that just said like, dude, that's wrong. Like I, even, even if I don't talk to you, I feel better being in the world knowing you're still in it. <laughs> and, and again, I see this whenever anyone kills themselves and it's a celebrity or it's a weird situation and it, it makes the news. You, you, I hear the friends and the family and the fans sharing the pain. And so I, I, I'm, uh, dropping that that rhetoric of ra rationalization that says anyone is better off with me gone it's uh i am i'm going on the record of of seeing that that is that is just bullshit that's a lie it's a way to make my checking out easier on me right so that part is selfish right choosing to lie to myself to make my demise easier is selfish and you may, <laughs> that may be obvious to, to you. Um, I, I don't think it's obvious to someone who is actively depressed or suicidal. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. Um, you know, over the last, you know, three or four months, even people that have reached out to me asking, you know, uh, about coaching with me, about wanting to have a call, want to have an introduction, um, I've, I've canceled appointments. I've made up excuses. I, you know, I've said, no, I, you know, I'm just, I, you know, I just lost my dad. That kept me not seeing people, not talking to people for a while. Um, but yesterday, uh, you know, someone scheduled a call and, and yesterday was actually my mom's birthday and someone had scheduled a call cause I didn't block off my calendar and whatever. And, and the reason this person wanted to talk to me was he said, they said they had a, a dark night of the soul experience. Uh, depression and suicidal thoughts. And, uh, I wanted to cancel that call. I wanted to say, can't talk to you. I'm feeling the same way. You're on your own. Um, you know, I'm useless. <laughs> Sorry, but no thanks. But, um, I kept the call and we talked and it was a freaking fantastic hour of conversation. Um, this was someone I didn't know at all. Um, they found me just from some internet searches online. I, it was just a fantastic call. We both felt so good during it and by the end. So many ahas. Um, they were describing feelings that I had just been feeling the day before. Um, describing feelings that I had felt many times in my life. And for me to focus on them was there such a gift. So there were a lot of ahas for both of us and a lot of laughs. It was really a fun call. Um, so I wanted to share today three, three tools for dealing and shifting any negative thoughts you may have. And they, you know, they don't have to be suicidal thoughts. It can be any, any thought you're having, any, 
you know, feeling negativity, any heaviness that they feel like they don't serve you, anything that's just ruminating over anything obsessive and, and bringing you down. I want to share some tools to, to shift that because this is a vibrational universe. We are energetic beings. Our thoughts and our feelings are all energy, right? And energy, it really isn't good or bad. It just serves you. It helps you or it doesn't. And, you know, so-called negative thoughts and emotions feel heavy. They weigh us down. They can slow us down. They make life more difficult to move through, right? Whereas energy that serves you feels uplifting and energetic. And it just brings you a lightness, uh, a happiness, and a joy, right? So the first tool when you are dealing with obsessive negative thoughts that you don't want to be having is pivoting. And I learned this from Abraham Hicks. And I talk about this a lot in my book, Still Here, How to, Su How to Succeed at Life After Failing at Suicide. And pivoting is consciously choosing a different thought. It is using your power of free will, your beautiful, glorious power of choice to choose a different thought, to choose a thought that feels better than the one that you're dreading, that the one that's having you sob, than the one that's having you judge yourself in a harsh, negative light. And, you know, the first time you try this, it may just last a second. It may be 30 seconds that, wait, I'm, I'm going to, you know, instead of thinking about how much I want to die right now, I'm going to try and remember my favorite Seinfeld episode, right? I'm going to try to focus on, you know, Kramer walking through the door and being an idiot and falling down or lighting his hair on fire with a cigar or hello, Newman, or anything, right? I'm going to think about being, am I sponge worthy? Instead of why do I suck? They go, hey, am I sponge worthy? And, and just shift that thought. And if it goes back after 30 seconds, it doesn't mean that doesn't work. It just means you need more practice. It's going to take effort. It's going to take your conscious choice to shift. But thought pivoting can be done by anyone at any time. And again, if your thought pivots right back, snaps right back like a rubber band to that negative outlook, to that obsessive thought, just do it again. It becomes easier with practice. Um, this is my, pivoting has been my go-to tool. And it's really just when I ignore it, when I don't do it for too long, it, that's when it becomes um, sometimes that that's when the tool doesn't work as well for me, but, um, that's the first one. Just, you know, I'm going to choose something else. I'm going to distract myself from, from all my bullshit by just, you know, watching something funny on TV or, you know, watching a YouTube video full of, you know, uh, giggling babies. Right. Um, so countless ways to pivot, but it takes your conscious choice and it will take effort because it's new. You're, you are literally stepping out of the rut in your brain to get higher to create a new pathway, to create a new thought, to have a new emotion from that new thought, right? And you do have the power to do that. Beautiful. The second tool is witnessing. This means stepping back to observe your thinking as a neutral third party. Stepping back and seeing the big picture as if you were, you didn't know yourself. You just watch, watch these thoughts that you're thinking about without feeling them. Just watch them, right? And when you can do that with levity, when you can laugh at the, the, the foolishness of how 
how miserable and wrong and distorted the thought you've been having, when you can step back and laugh at that, that's when you know you're really shifting. That's when you're really doing some healing. Because when you bring levity and laughter to thoughts that had been tormenting you, it's the best. <laughs> that's when you're really shifting. When you, when you can laugh at what moments ago felt like your own misfortune, it's a beautiful, different feeling. It's an uplifting feeling. Uh, I, I find the more you can l make light of things that have been troubling you, the more in the light you are, right? So that's the notion of witnessing, just looking with neutrality. And it helps you, it helps, it's always helped me to realize that I'm making life more difficult, more serious than it really is. Um, kind of the clear, the clearest thing I can remember is when I was like 19 years old, um, I got a flat tire and I was just like, fuck, I got a flat tire, I should just kill myself. I just, instead of changing, I just, just jump on a traffic here. This is just horrible and ridiculous. And really, I just, just a few seconds of that. I'm just like, what the hell? I, I would be able to laugh at it, right? I could witness the, the silliness of that, right? I could witness the, just the futile, desperate clinging to, uh, just some reason to condemn myself. And it was just silly, right? So, so that's witnessing, stepping back, seeing the big picture, looking at your thoughts without feeling them, right? Being separate from that energy, just almost, uh, observing yourself as a scientist, right? And just like, oh, fascinating. What a, what a ridiculous thought that is, huh? Right? How, how unserving is that mental energy that I've been exercising, right? So the third tool to, to deal with, with suicidal thinking or negative thinking, obsessive thinking, is expression, right? Thoughts and energies that you keep to yourself, that you keep thinking about, ruminate in your brain. Um, when we keep asking, why am I doing this? And how did that happen to me? And yeah, it, all that self-judgment, that self-analysis feeds that negative thinking feeds that energy and it just bounces around your head over and over and over, becomes more obsessive and leads to you feeling horrible, can lead to you making really poor decisions, taking actions that don't serve you at all. But when you release those thoughts through expression, through open, authentic sharing in a safe environment, sharing it with someone you trust, a friend or a family member, a loved one, um, a coach or a therapist, a clergy member, um, an anonymous mental health hotline can just be a place like, ugh, you can just release everything that you feel is hell within you, right? All that negativity, all that self-judgment, get it out, right? Give it to someone else, not give it to them, but by sharing it, it relieves it, it stops that rumination. All you need is someone that can listen. Hold space and listen. They don't have to say anything back to you. It's just to, like for me to admit to my mom, my fear of disappointing her, <sighs> she didn't have to say anything. She just, by not, by not running away, by not going, yep, you're right. You're a horrible disappointment. <laughs> you know? By that not happening, that's the release. That's all that needed to happen, right? When, when you can authentically share something that has been tormenting you and the world doesn't end, when the, you know, the person doesn't walk away, the person doesn't laugh in your face, the person doesn't hang up on you, that's, that's all you need, right? So that's expression. And if you don't feel that you have a safe place, a safe person to do that with, you know, you can try just saying it out loud and screaming it, um, you know, the primal scream therapy, 
um, and just let it out. Talk, you know, scream how shitty everything is and how you just want to freaking die if that's what it is. But get it out. Instead of keeping it as mental energy, let it out. You can also journal and write it down. Write, write down all the reasons everything stinks. Write down all your thoughts and, you know, set it on fire, crumble it up, rip it up, destroy it. You can energetically shift that by giving expression to that energy, to those thoughts. And that's the idea behind this. Um, you can also take a more creative role and, and paint and sculpt and create or go, go dig or chop down a tree, you know, use all this energy to express it in a physical way, in a creative way, an artistic way, a verbal way, a written way, you know, countless ways to express. But when we keep that negativity, when we keep that self-judgment, when we keep asking, why is this happening to me? Why do I suck so bad? Why is everyone? Your brain's job is to answer those questions and your brain will work really hard to find answers that tell you why you suck, that tell you why death is the best option for you. And your brain will lie, right? Your brain doesn't really know the truth. <laughs> but expressing yourself, getting it out of you, will make you feel a lot better. And you're worthy of it. And people sharing from their depths has created some tremendous you know, stories and poetry and, and art and, and connection and awareness and bonding and, and podcasts, right? Um, so be willing to share of yourself. That's when openness and authenticity really, really serve you. It's got to be a safe place. You don't want to do this to someone that is going to judge it, throw it back in your face or not be able to receive it. Right. So, you know, I used to, uh, I used to think that suicidal thinking kept returning to me because I'm supposed to act on it, right? I'm supposed to end my life. That's the sign. That's the meaning of this returning in my life over and over. But maybe suicidal thoughts return because I'm supposed to share and discuss them, right? Thereby helping myself and others. You know, but by doing this, you know, I'm utilizing all three tools that this I'm... I'm forced to pivot my thoughts when I go from just rumination to, wow, how can I share this? Um, and it requires some witnessing of what's going on and, and catalog my thoughts and, and recognize what tools am I using to help myself. And then, of course, this is all an expression, right? And one of the best ways to feel better about you is to focus on someone else, right? That's why Boy Scouts help old ladies cross the street, right? And any, any bit of service for someone else takes the focus off of you. And when you're focusing on you in a negative way, putting the focus on someone else can really help. Right. But they thought, well, you know, maybe there's no supposed to, maybe I'm, I'm attempting to put all this meaning on these things that, that just isn't there. Maybe, maybe realizing that those dark, destructive thoughts and feelings, keeping those a secret, realizing that makes me feel bad. Realizing that that causes my own misery to last longer. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the supposed to, right? While realizing that being open and authentic and sharing with you what's going on for me to benefit both of us is, is the point. Maybe choosing, maybe always choosing what feels best is what we're all supposed to do. Maybe that's the true message.
That's what I'm going to choose. All right. That's the outlook and interpretation I'm going to choose. Choose what has you enjoying life the most. I do believe that life is meant to be simple and life is meant to be enjoyed. And the thoughts that take me away from that don't feel good because they're a freaking lie, right? And bringing that lie into the light via pivoting, via witnessing, via expression helps it dissolve. So here's to all of our <laughs> miserable <laughs> ruminations of negative judgments and thinking um, and not seeing the beauty, the wonder, the miracle that we all are. Like, really take a moment to just ponder everything that needed to happen for you to be born. Everything that needed to be happened in perfect alignment for you to keep breathing in this moment, right? Let the fact that you're here be all the proof you need that you're meant to be here still, right? The, the ultimate evidence that, that I'm not supposed to have killed myself is that I'm still alive, right? We're all still here. And, and being here can be much more enjoyable right? if we don't ruminate, if we use these tools, use other tools, use whatever serves you. Again, pivot your thoughts, witness your thoughts, and express yourself. Hmm. All right. I think that's all I've got for you tonight. Real Men Feel will be live again with Apio, with a guest, on Tuesday, August 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can be part of the live show by joining us at realmenfeel.org slash show. Um, I thank you for listening. I hope, yeah, I hope this doesn't resonate to you, but I, I doubt you've made it this far if it didn't resonate to you. And if it does resonate, I hope some of the tools I share, I hope by being an example of uh, getting through our own personal shit without cutting our throats um, serves you in some way. And uh, I'm glad that I can be any sort of a guide, any sort of a light in, in helping you feel better and navigate your life or a loved one's life or deal with whatever may be going on with you. And uh, so thanks for listening. Visit realmenfeel.org. Check us out on Facebook. Send us some feedback. And as always, please... Be good to yourself. Be well. Bye. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org, join the Real Men Feel group on Facebook, and share what you thought of this show. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.